0: Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today?
1: And we are great. Every week, Matt P. is another week closer to football season starting. Yes, it is. <laughs> I know we still got a long ways, and it's still cold, but uh very exciting. I mean, it sucks the NFL's over, because... I mean, what do you watch on TV, dude? You're a a Jets fan. The
0: NFL has been over for you for two months.
1: (laughs) You see what I got to deal with, Scott? That's
2: kind of a low blow. I don't. That's (laughs) let's even down at the bottom of the ankles.
1: (laughs) You (laughs) know what, what, though, as a Jets fan, you are always hitting from down there. Let me tell you, it is a it's a nightmare. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited. You know, we have the president. Is it the president of the W Club? President of the W Club, yeah. President of the W Club, which I've been trying to get on for a long time. I don't know why my application keeps getting denied. Does it? Um, I, I spend a ton of money at the at the bar inside. That could be why. Probably. I actually probably have no a background idea. check. You might be filling the background check. Yeah, I, I might be uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a possibility. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, players, performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So head on over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your number one source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Plus, our Olympics coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts.
1: But I love the organization nonetheless, Scott. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Um, we we won't talk about our golf games, which we were talking about before. But we we want to hear about a young Scott. How did you get, you know, from? where you grew up to the president of the W Club. And then we just want to talk about the W Club. I, it, it's a really cool thing that I don't think anyone really knows about.
2: Yeah, I, uh, thanks for having me. First of all, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come on and talk. Um, so yeah, so let's, we'll take a little bit of a step back. I'm originally from Racine, Wisconsin. So I was two years behind um, uh, Brent Moss, JC Dawkins, and Sam Vite. And what's interesting is, um, you know, I went to uh, Racine William Horlick High School. So I'm from what we term uh, Raytown. I don't know if you heard that before, but um, that's the term for, for Racine. You say you're from Raytown. And I actually ran against those guys in track. And then um, obviously they went on to be um, Rose Bowl champions uh, in, in football and whatnot. But uh, so, yeah, so that kind of that journey uh, got me here to run track and field and cross country. Um, it's funny because, uh, when you talk about, there's not really that many, uh, three sport athletes in collegiate athletics, but if you really think about it, there's cross country, indoor track and outdoor track, they're actually three separate seasons. So we got into a, I get into an argument and I kind of want your feedback maybe after I go through my spiel, but if I'm considered a three sport athlete, because I was track indoor track, outdoor and cross country. So we can, we'll, we'll shelve that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, And then, you know, after I graduated, I left and um, uh, moved to Malibu, California for a little bit with two of my college teammates to do some distance running post-collegiately. Then I, you know, uh, being a Midwest guy and, you know, obviously graduating from Madison and you kind of get hooked a little bit. So I came back, uh, jumped into what I would consider the real world, getting a real world job. I think that we've all gone through that transition from athletics to the real world which is a another thing we can talk about too but um, and then just I got into IT uh, in the late 90s and actually I didn't really know much about the W Club at that point either and I was in Madison uh, and you know uh, built a house in 2001 so I've been here really since then and just by happenstance I went to a W Club event and that was when uh, Mike Terniglia was the executive director and I kind of started talking about some of the things that I'm passionate about. And uh, Mike's like, you, you got to meet Charlie Wills. Charlie Wills is on the board. You and Charlie talk about the same stuff. So that was the beginning of what's been a long friendship with Charlie and I. Um, and that was about six years ago. And then I, I got on the board. And um, I just kind of have a passion for uh, building something, what I technically call bringing back the locker room, where we can all be back together. And, and that feeling of, and I know, Bernie, you probably understand that loss that you have when you graduate as an athlete, like that's the stuff that I miss the most is the connections that I had with individuals. Right. Oh my God. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's irreplaceable. And I just think it's something that um, that's one of my biggest passions um, through the W club is to do that. And then I got on the board, uh, the executive board and then um, came on as the president and Nick Pascarello is now the executive director. And so he and I really have a, we're kind of in lockstep of what we want the W club to be. And that's bringing as many people back together. And and like I said, bringing back the locker room, having a support system. Some of the connections that I enjoy the most are people from other sports, right? We do our reunions with our own group and that's great. But like, you know, meeting football players, rowers, golfers, tennis, like and understanding that all of our stories are the same, right. And regardless of what sport um, you were on. So I think really that's what I would say my vision of what the W club is. And I think that's where we can kind of touch
1: people the most. Yeah. I was going to say, this is definitely a football, like predominant show, but you're right though. It is really cool. There's a lot of sports and there's a lot of athletes at UW and I don't think everyone, I don't probably couldn't name all the teams that we have. Right. But they're really cool. People do the weightlifting, they're working out early, they're working out late. They're, it's the same grind. It's just not in this, you know, it's not on TV every Saturday. Um, so I would agree. I think it's so cool. I think Mike was a hockey player. Yep. And um, Nick was a soccer player. Correct. So that's what I like, too. We have leaders who are just not football players. And Charlie's right. a basketball guy. Yeah. So he, I love I love
2: Charlie. what oh, a funny guy. That that final <laughs> four run, like some of the stories, just amazing. And honestly, like everyone I talk to, um, you know, has a really strong passion not only for Badger athletics but sport in general. And then they're each kind of wired the same. I think in order to get to the level to be able to compete at Wisconsin, you, you got to really be wired a certain way, right? And so we sit down and have conversations and. They just tell the same stories about their coaches and about their friends and the ups and the downs and the. I mean, I think every one of us at one point probably was questioning if we were really going to make it, right? And to hear that, you know, I've, I've become really close with Monte Ball, and he and I had some amazing discussions. And I know you guys know his story and mm-hmm. everything like that. And we got connected before he wrote his book, and um, and it was really cool because. I got to read it ahead of time and then he asked me for a quote to put on the back and like just having those conversations and hearing from someone who, you know, watches somebody on Saturdays and Sundays and thinks that their, their life is perfectly polished. It's not right. And we all have this, we're all kind of in this maze of life and we're trying to figure out how to get out, you know, to navigate it and do it. And I think that's one of the other things that I'm really passionate about is getting athletes out into the public, Right. Because I think we have a unique skill set where we can talk to such a wide range of people. And so that's another thing I've really been working on is trying to get letter winners out and wherever they live, uh, whether it's Madison or New York or you know wherever we are to kind of like help people. Because I think we've been through so many things and our stories are just amazing. And just to share that, hey, me too. You know, when you talk about mental health and we talk about all those things and the diversity that we're part of when we're part of a
1: team, We just have a unique view of things. And I think we can just help so many people. So you mentioned mental health back when I played, I don't remember there really being anyone there who's like, dude, are you all right? So what to you, for you, for you, I would assume the same, like there's no one there basically checking up to say, Hey, it looks like you had a tough week or, Hey, your body language on the field looks terrible. or Hey, you just, you just, you know, did your cross country an hour late, longer than usual. Hey, can we just sit down and grab a cup of coffee? It's not happening. But what do you see now that's changed so much? And why is it so important to have? So it's kind of a setup. I, I feel yeah, like that's no. a layup. You know? it's so no, important no, no, no. I mean,
2: we could we could have an entire podcast to talk about this. And, and I, I, and I just agree. Sh- yeah. Just to share a little background uh, for myself personally. And I think, you know, I've shared my story with people having, you know, going through some anxiety and depression, um, you know especially collegiately. I mean, you know what it's like, there's always someone coming behind you and they're going to beat you. Right. So that constant, like if I'm not on my game, someone's going to take my spot. Right. Um, And I think during then, not only was there a, not an understanding of it, I think people use the word really lose crazy. You know, Hey, that person's crazy. Or they have something going on. We didn't have the resources where we could go and talk to somebody, right. Just as simple as sitting down with a therapist and going, I'm struggling. And here's what's going on. You know, it's related to my home life or my athletics or, whatever it was. I think there was a lot of shame associated with that. You know, you didn't want to admit it, right? But the fact of the matter is we were all sitting in the dark thinking the same thing, right? And so I I think the university has really put a a lot of resources in place and has given, you know, there's there's mental health resources now. I think it's more appropriate for us to have even having this discussion on a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 20 years ago, people wouldn't admit it. You know, you want Scott Burton wouldn't be sitting here admitting that he had struggled with anything, right? It just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't acceptable. I do think we're having good conversations and, and, um, and I do think there's resources in place and I, and I would just say to anybody, and, and these are the conversations I have with former athletes, you know, when I share my story, they're like, Hey, me too. Right. You know, you go through that transition of like we talk about in high school, you're invincible, right? Mm-hmm. You get to college, those first three months, you might feel like you're invincible, but then you get smacked in the mouth and you realize you're not, then you got to figure out how do I make the team? How do I stay on the team? How do I transition out of college athletics into, again, what we talked about the real world, right? I might get married. I may have a child. I get divorced. <laughs> I have problems at work. Um, and as an athlete, I think you're just taught to put your head down, right? And you can just, just outwork everybody. And it works in athletics. That doesn't always work in the real world, right? It doesn't always work in relationships, um, taking care of your kids and stuff like that, Um So yeah, I think there's resources in place and I think it's extremely important. And we've watched Olympians who've come out and said, look, I can't compete today, right? I mean, that's unheard of. That wouldn't ever happen five years ago. And so I think it's great. We're having those conversations
1: and and those people still perform at extremely high levels, right? Sadly, you still have people who hate the fact that like Simone Biles, right? We, Matt, Mm -hmm. we've talked about her. She just said, I can't do it. And you know what? I was like, no, it's for America. But then you take a second, you take a breath and you're like, wait, what is she going through? Like, this is more than a competition. She could really get hurt. She could die out there. Yeah. And because she, she's mentally not prepared and we know her, she's awesome. So yeah. I agree. So Scott, you, you brought up like, for me, the hardest thing I've ever done besides have a, a like an infant is the transition out of sports to like a, try to be normal. And, and I mean, normal in the fact of like, you know, becoming I don't want to say an adult, but like getting an apartment, paying bills, getting a job, figuring out life without the structure and somebody yelling at you and all these things that football or track or basketball, whatever it is, brings. And I think the W Club has been trying their hardest to to kind of alleviate that gap. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what what's going on and what? if there yeah. are athletes listening, what they can do, I mean, pretty much anyone could, could reach out to me. I'm going to help them if they're a bad Yeah. T- yeah. And I yeah, you know to, yeah. you're a Wolverine, man. I'll, I'll, I'll send you down the river. Yeah. With a hole yeah, in your yeah. boat, But uh.
2: <laughs> yeah. To, so um, first of all, me, you know, same thing. Like people would just want to Google my name and you're going to find things I'm involved in and reach out and send me a message. Same thing. I'm always, I love having the conversations, um, you know, Yes, we, I call it the bridge. And and I've worked with, um, talked to Nick about this, and he's in support of it. And I think, you know, that is probably the biggest thing. Like, I do remember, and I'm sure you had the same experience. I remember being at Illinois at the Big Ten track meet. I didn't qualify for the national meet. I finished. And I remember that feeling of going, I'm done. Like, this is it. I'm done. Now what the heck, you know, and I remember I, I cried a little bit. And I, took me a long time just to take my singlet off because that was like a representation of once that thing came off, I was done, right? And I remember having that feeling of what the heck am I going to do? Like, am I going to coach? I don't even know where to get a job. Do I keep running? Um, uh, And so I think it's super important. And I was a non-revenue. I wasn't doing what you were doing every Saturday. You know, people cheering your name and you had that that extreme structure of what do I do at 2.30 every day? Where do I eat? Where do I get up? Where do I get on the bus? What is my weightlifting program? Um, I think that's a really hard transition. So what I've been really trying to do is work with the W Club and create some sort of resources, whether it's through the Ford 360 app or social media or reunions. And I've been trying to attend reunions of different sports because I want to tell people, look, this is what this is about. Like there's different phases of life. And one that's really important and I really struggled with was leaving athletics and losing my identity, and then trying to just move to that next phase. Right, that's a big thing. Some people never even make it, you know, and they get stuck. And so that's really important to me, and that's why I enjoy making connections and, like, you know, being on this podcast. I'm hoping some people are listening, and the people who are getting so are we- ready to transition, yeah getting ready to transition.
1: Some people are listening. Yeah. Well, I know there's people listening.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know people are listening to the podcast, but specifically to what we're saying, I think saying it's okay. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, so many people have this, they believe life is a straight line and it is just a zigzag of shenanigans and a maze. And you just got to stick with it. Right. And you got to find some people who can help you. One of the things was, you know, with the W Club, like mentoring, finding a way that people can make a connection before they leave athletics. So they can, you know, someone as simple as, hey, Scott, you know, I'm trying to find a job. Like, I don't even know what I want to do. Could we just sit down, and have a cup of coffee and talk, right? Just something that simple. Like if I had that at 23
1: years old, can you imagine how amazing that would be like as a resource? It would It would be amazing. But I think some of these things are kind of in play, but also now with all the virtual, anyone across the country can be that person. And and everyone's, I come back to Madison six, seven times a year. I could easily meet a student athlete then, but I would love to be part of this. Is it easy to find, to, to join the mentoring group or something? And 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 to be honest, like I don't have to do it in football. I mean, that's where my, I guess my area of expertise would be, but I could be, I could just talk to any athlete. I mean, we're it's, you're right. The second you take the singlet off or the helmet off, like you are not part of the program anymore. And that is really shocking to your system. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, not working for the athletic department, there's a lot of rules in place and there's NCAA rules that need to be followed. And so it's, it, I, I think it's a, it's a tough challenge, um, to To put rules in place, obviously, if someone graduates, it doesn't matter. I mean, right? Once right. you're done, you're done. But um you know, I, I think for us, and I and I certainly, if you're interested in being in the W club, I think you fill out the application. If it's something you can really get into and you can spend time, uh, we'd love to have you because I think the, the more people who have that mission of, you know, I want to make a difference, right? Where it's not about me, my purpose is about helping other people, right? So me personally, that's my purpose, right? I think that's an amazing thing when people get to that journey. Not everybody gets to that point at the same time in their life, right? And so I think if you have that purpose of helping. So that's where I'm trying to work with Nick and everybody and just kind of have that conversation of how can we build something so we're not only following the rules, but we're benefiting the athletes, right? And so it's a little complicated. I know that's not a direct answer, but
1: I think it's a work in progress. I would say, yes, there's, but the rules change every day. Now you're paying players. So, you know, what, what do the rules look like? Right. Uh, Like, I don't know. And and you're still, I would say everyone's still kind of wading through those waters of like, what, what can we actually offer? Um, Yeah. And I, obviously I would never want to do anything that would hurt the program or any of the programs. Um, But I think it's so beneficial to have someone to talk to that's not just about like guys would come back and we talk about football. Oh, JD said this, coach Alvey said, you know, and it, those are great relationships and those net networking. It's amazing. But the thing is you, you gotta, you know, those guys might not help you when you're leaving. You need someone who's willing, like what you were saying, willing and able and has time to be a coach for the next, whatever the next is. Some yeah. guys are not even close. You know, I've met guys who are like in the trucking business. I'm like, guys, I, you know, I really appreciate you, but I, I have no, I don't know anything about that. And I don't think that's my career path. Okay. But it's a good networking to have. You never know who comes out. It's like, oh, I want to get into selling trucks or truckry. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. That's just something that came to mind when I played in a golf outing. Like the North North Woods this dude was great. He's like, I sell trucks. You want to sell trucks? I was like, not really. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. should have said yes at this point. I mean, it's, it's impossible to find trucks anymore. Um, but that's a tangent. So I so yes, I will definitely fill the application out and I will put your name down as my sponsor. As my sponsor. Yeah, that's good. And I think to answer your question too, um you know, it doesn't have to be
2: just about uh getting a job, right? I think I think some of the most amazing connections I've met, I've made in some of the areas where I think I've added value to people's lives is more on that personal side, you know. Um you know there's a lot of things that are difficult like again i go back to just being a father of having a child like right how do you how do you work together to keep your marriage together right <laughs> um if you get a divorce like what does it look like i mean i got divorced in 2017 and i thought it was you know i mean it was hard it was really hard and i didn't know where i was going or what was going to happen and it was you know i had been married for 14 years i, I didn't have anybody to talk to right i mean i i spent I spent, luckily I had a therapist and went to therapy and I worked through that portion of it. Um, But outside of that, like just calling somebody up who had been divorced and just say, Hey man, I'm scared. Like this is, I feel like the world's ending and having someone just say, Hey, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. You just got to take it day by day. You got to work through that process and just focus on the process, not on the end result. And in the end, there could be some really amazing things that come out of it. It's going to push you out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, you might start a new pro, you know, you might start a job, a different job. You might start a nonprofit. You might, you know, I've done some of those things, right. That came out of it. I'm not saying that it was great that I got divorced, but there's a lot of great things that I did outside of that. Cause I chose, I'm going to choose uh, this path. I'm not going to just lay down. I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to make myself better.
1: Dude, that you are, uh, should be a speaker. You should go to high schools and speak motivation hey, right now I, I i i i would you know what i'm not scared right now to, for anything to happen to me I, i'm like i'm gonna call scott he's just gonna do it. you know <laughs> you i know. think it's yeah i totally I i'm making light of the situation but i i uh i think what you're saying is so important and people i think of our generations don't use that you know like you don't call up a friend and say listen dude i'm struggling man because we were told not to do that Correct. So that's really hard. I know, you know, Matt and I have an interesting text relationship. Sometimes I'm like, dude, I'm breaking today. And, you know, he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. So, and and even that little bit is helpful. Oh yeah. And even that we have that open door is helpful.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think the process of thinking I'm not alone, you know, I mean, especially if you're going through some mental health stuff like depression, I think it's the, I'm alone. What I'm going to do is I'm going to close the doors. (laughs) and I'm going to fix this myself. I think again that goes back to the amazing things we have as athletes is the ability to survive walls that are put in front of us, punched in the face, knocked on the ground, and we always get up, right? You just don't get to that level without getting up. Now, I think the damaging part of that is you could spend time in a relationship, you could stay at a job too long because you're like, I'm just going to work this out. Like I'm going to show up every day, and I'm going to bust my butt. Well, when things don't start turning, you kind of are like, well, wait a minute, I should be able to fix this problem. And then Mm -hmm. your brain starts going bad places. And I think that's where that anxiety and that depression and being able to have someone that's a sounding board going, nope, Scott, stick with it. You're doing the right thing. Or, hey, Scott, like you just got up. It's time to pull the cord. Let's focus on what your out is and how we're going to transition you out of whatever the situation is to the next. And we're going to do it not only in kindness, but we're going to do it the right way. So we don't burn bridges, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're just transparent with people and we're open. And we talk about that vulnerability, right? Like it's okay to be vulnerable, right? If someone tells you that it's not okay, well then they probably shouldn't be in your inner circle. Right?
1: So. So wait, I, okay. So I want to go back because you said you were a three sport athlete. Yeah. Let's talk at about Wisconsin. That. Can, we, can we vote? Can, I would love to hear your um, theory about this. Here's what I will say. I was okay. on the track team in high school. I absolutely okay. loved it. Because you can do so many. De- I mean, you can only compete in four um, races or in throws, given, four yeah. events. At a meet, yeah. At a meet, yes. Sorry, Matt, you are more of a professional. And coach. Perkins is, yes, he's got, yes. So he can talk track. Yes. He can talk track. I loved it. I threw, sometimes they're like, dude, get in the four by one when like they ran out of guys. Yeah. I absolutely enjoy, I love being on the track team. The question is, do I think that each individual, so you did it three seasons too. Correct. Always in so, the season. No So season. all right, hit me with your theory. Let me think okay. about my thoughts while you're okay, do it. So
2: here's the deal. Um, you know, obviously being a distance runner is a little easy, but I could redshirt cross country and run indoor track and outdoor track. I could redshirt cross country, indoor track, and only run outdoor track. So the fact that I could redshirt each one of those seasons, that's kind of where I'm going with this advocacy of I was a three-sport athlete. So I don't know Ooh. if that helps. Perkins, I think maybe you might have to jump in and give a little bit of a vote with yes, that. Yes,
0: I'm going to say it is absolutely a 3 you're absolutely a three-sport athlete for a couple different reasons. A, on indoor and outdoor, there are actually uh, different distances that you run for for distance, correct. right? It's okay. if Outdoor, they're doing these days, what, 1500, 5000, 10K? Correct. Something like that. Indoor, but they they, they run the 3000 indoor, right? Yeah, you can do
2: 1500, 3K, and 5K. 5K. You could not yeah. run the time, correct.
0: Yes, and so, and for... For me, I was a thrower. Um, yeah. I Indoor, you throw the weight, 35-pound weight, yeah. whereas outdoor, you throw the hammer. The shot put itself that you throw indoors is very different than the shot put you throw outdoors. Um, the distance for hurdles, indoors, you're doing 60 meters, 55 meters in high school, 60 meters at the collegiate level, whereas outdoors, it's 110 meters. Um, God, this is going amazing. I'm feeling really that good about that. Would, would you hire a lawyer? This guy's no, right, so speaking of, of track, I was excited to have you the track athlete, because if you listen to the show, you know, I've, I've talked about the UW track team, um, who I haven't talked about, though, is coach Nuttycomb, who I know you ran for as well. And I found coach Nuttycomb to be one of the most intelligent and kindest people that I met while I was on campus. He was, I mean, I was a walk on. He did not have to give me any time of day whatsoever. I was a thrower. He didn't deal with throwers, but he always took time to meet with me in his office if I wanted to. And he let me down really easy when he cut me. <laughs> so uh, f- oh. when he cut me for Chris Presley, which I don't blame him, I still don't blame <laughs> him, but. Uh, he let me down really easy and was very gracious about it and was very supportive of me as, as a person. So I just want to know, you know, about coach to I know he's now the volunteer assistant with the program after being the head coach for like 30 years. So.
2: Yeah. So um, I will just say one of the most genuine kind human beings that I've come across. Um, You know, I, I, Martin Smith was, you know, we want to call it my position. He was the cross country and the distance coach. So uh, he was, he was the person who coached me. And, you know, I knew Ed, you know, he knew who I was and we had conversations, but not the connection and the discussions we have today. And, and I'm a big, huge fan of the Nutty Comb, obviously wanting the, uh, uh, winning this big 10 coaches in all of um, any sport. And on top of that, just a great human being. And, and we, we've had some amazing discussions and so, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about, about Ed and he's just, he's great. Um, he doesn't do volunteer coaching for the program, but I do have any more. He doesn't, but I do have a really cool story. So I coach uh badger track club. I have this, I'm the head coach and, um, owner of that. And we got about 400 or so youth that come to the program. I also coach, um, uh, uh, adults, but it, it started out as a, as a youth program. And one of the years I had to, uh, I had to leave to go to a wedding that was out in Washington. And I said to my assistant coaches, I said, I got a guy who's gonna cover for me when I'm gone. Now at this point, they didn't, they know Ed Nuttycombe, but they didn't know what he looked like, right? So I call up Ed and I said, Hey Ed, I need you to cover for me. I need you to just come to practice this day. So Ed shows up, he's got the hat on. If any of you guys have seen Ed, he's always got that hat on, right? So he comes to practice, helps him out. So I come back from vacation and I go, Well, how did it go? And they're like, it was great. There was this guy, Ed, that really helped us. Like he seemed like he really knew what he was doing.
1: <laughs> and so I'm like, that was that nutty comb.
2: And they're like, You gotta be kidding me. Why didn't you tell us? I go, I don't know. I just thought it'd be really fun to have him just show up and be the coach for two days, right? So that's that's my my nutty story of just, you know, he's just an amazing person. So yeah,
0: he was he was awesome. I was always a huge fan of him. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to make sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter what the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe Or use the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. But let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the W Club and what you guys are doing right now. I know one of the big things that's going on right now is their Camp Randall renovations. And so can you talk a little bit about that? What's been the W Club's role in that and how are things progressing?
2: Um, so I would say, you know, our roles, uh, not super involved with that. I mean, we have heritage hall, heritage hall was the big, um, W club funded. And I know, um, Bernie, you've been in there and I don't know Perkins, if you had an opportunity to get in there a couple of times. Oh, now just so you know, W club people have three people that they can get in. So either when you come in town and Bernie's in town, you text him and say, take me in, or you text me and you can be one of my three guests in there. Yeah, done. done. Okay, so it, it's it's a pretty cool place. Everybody that I've taken in there um, with me that hasn't been part of athletics, it's a it's a I don't know if you would say like a banquet hall slash bar area. Um, Bernie, if you agree that you can get in there during game days and you can have beer, liquor, food, and a bunch of athletes just sit in there and have conversations, and um, it's really great. So that's really the W Club area um, as far as with inside of Camp Randall that we get access to. Um, with the new expansion, there's gonna be some areas near that end zone that um we may get access to that too, but I don't have a whole lot of background on that. Um, what was the other question you asked me about for the W club? Was it mainly that or some of the other things? The south,
1: yeah, basically yeah. like the South End Zone and Yeah, I guess you know, like I'm the South End zone was always such a dumpster. I sat there um for the Michigan game and I actually liked it because there was hundreds of seats this open because yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to sit there. They go and find a different seat. Right. What is that going to do? Do you think to just the overall experience of a Badger game day and then recruiting wise, you know, for football, I mean, obviously it's huge. You've got to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. You know, you're, we did the locker room, the, the weight room. What does that do for other, other sports, you know, in your eyes? So like if you're a track star coming and you walk into the stadium, like what does that south end zone and I guess the whole entire camp Randall as a whole yeah. like what does that do for every athlete? I mean, I think,
2: I think the you know like the first time that I went to a game, just the the experience. I mean, you've been out on the field, so obviously, you know what it's like to run out there. But as an athlete, I think you know certainly the football program and the basketball program are all extremely high level, right? And, I, and that's what people see on TV. And I think you know. We'd be lying if we didn't say that that's a recruiting tool, not only for other sports, um, but even like to go to school. Right. It's right. like free advertising, you know. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, women's volleyball. And so, like, you know, I think having those things is just like an amazing collegiate experience. And I think that's what athletes are looking for. Right. It really what does it look like when I get on campus? How do I what is my athletic uh, my coaching look like what do the facilities look like I, I mean some of those locker rooms and the stuff you know can you imagine if you could just pick up a phone and punch a button and get a smoothie when you get back to the locker room I mean that's what, that's what that's what it is today right I mean we went and made up some badger mac, right and we mixed stuff up and that was the extent and you know you might get some fruit and other stuff and energy drinks but now they're like it's like a full-on five-star
1: hotel experience it is a right, but, that, but that's recruiting everywhere. The rules have changed. When I got into campus, we were just had the um shoebox incident. So yeah. they the NCAA said, Oh, that's a creatine drink that you're giving to student athletes, but not everyone. You, how could you give it to everyone? That's ridiculous. So they said, You can't do it anymore. So that those drinks were gone. So then all we got were these metric shakes that like put on 500 pounds, like they were 500 calorie metric shakes, they were concrete. They were yeah. disgusting. They tasted good because some of them are chocolate and I would eat them. Yeah. That's why I was still fat my whole entire career. But um, what has changed now is drastic. You're right. You can get any drink you want, any kind of snack you want. But you know what? I, I think that there is, I think it's important for a number of reasons. We don't we don't have to go down this, but I think as you look at, you know, look at Nigel Hayes, look at some guys who I'm not going to say him specifically but food in, food insecurity has always been an issue we just never come to light and imagine only be able to pick between like a metric shake or a not even a cliff bar whatever the other bar was that was terrible and then that's all you eat until you get free dinner and i think it's important that these things have changed i have a lot of thoughts on it but um and we don't have to drill down because you know, I think I just think some of the athletes deserve it. I mean, from what they're oh, yeah. doing for the university and how much money they bring in, and all these things that they that that's because of football, basketball, hockey, yeah. whatever the sport is that that makes money. To give them a bag of Doritos, like, cool. Who
0: cares? I was gonna say, you know, they deserve more than just the Powerade station.
2: Correct. It's a right. full time job. I mean, full time. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> some of the people think wow oh man you're an athlete there you got it made well i mean <laughs> we're still going to school right and then we're and then we're working essentially a full-time job i mean you're and especially if, like for you guys traveling on the road i mean we you know we traveled probably you know every other weekend but imagine like you losing nine or ten weeks of your life or 12 weeks of your life being on the road right and so actually you brought something up that was that that i want' to just touch on real quick you talk about the food insecurities and it was one thing I was going to talk about on the back end of something I'm doing with the W club. Um, we started, uh, you know, Calvin Barrett, obviously, right? Both you guys, amazing person. I um, uh, know him well and I've had conversations and actually one of his deputies, Scott Haram. Um, and I did a little thing with national night out last year and uh, I took some W club at, uh, letter winners and I brought them out and we, um, we were, it was at Wisconsin Heights high school and uh, people were there. And I set up some speed drills and Monte was there with his book And I ran the Dane County Sheriff's through the speed drills. I ran the kids through the speed drills. And it was like this kind of thing, like I've wanted to do this outreach, like taking athletes and bringing them into the community. It worked great. Everybody loved it. Um, I have this idea of going out into the community and setting up these uh, pods where we teach like maybe football drills, teach basketball drills. We teach uh, running drills. We have community leaders. We have, you know, sheriff's department or police department. And then we bring them healthy food. And so um, I'm kind of working with them again to do that. And I'd like to also get into Madison more into the inner city and bring that healthy food and then kind of like, well, I mean, look what happened with the George Floyd thing. I mean, look at, I mean, we went, we not only went through COVID, but we went through all of that social unrest and people were just so divided. Right. And I thought about, and I thought, I watched the mayor on, on TV I watched the police department. I watched other people who wanted the Roysters. And I thought, wouldn't that be amazing if we had athletes out there helping, like, make it better, like going out and saying, hey, you know, we have this unique ability to talk to such a wide range of people. And there's some trust, you know, and we want to participate in that. So that's another thing I've really been working on and trying to get athletes out in the community, trying to rebuild what I think is probably broken. Again, social unrest, food insecurities. Like you think about some of these kids when they're outside of school. Like they don't get food. I mean, can you imagine like being hungry and being six, seven, eight years old or 12 years old going, I don't know where I'm gonna get my next meal,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, listen, my wife is a third grade teacher and she she has students that she brings food for them every Friday because she knows they won't eat between school lunch on Friday and school breakfast on Monday. I mean they don't if they don't get that.
2: Absolutely breaks my heart. Like I think that's amazing that your wife does that. And I think there's a ton of people who want to do that, but they just don't know how, right? And um so yeah, I think that's another opportunity for, for letter winners to just kind of show up, right? And and be leaders. And I and I don't know if any of you guys follow any of my W Club videos that I release, but um I really I'm trying to push that and go, you guys can be leaders. Like you are the ones who are strong, who have amazing ideas, and you have there's a trust factor with you being an athlete, right? And especially, you know, Bernie, with you being a football player. Like people watched you and you can stand up and say, I want to change this. Like I'm going to be part of this. This is my this is my passion. This is my purpose, and I want you guys to jump in. And so I always challenge other winners and say, "Look, you guys have no idea the impact you can have. And we're all really smart people, you know. I like to say, let's sit in a room, let's get some beer and pizza, and we're not going to leave until we solve the problem, right? Like what happened to that? We don't do that anymore,
1: do we? I mean, beer and pizza, people. we do, but I don't think I'm solving <laughs> any problems. I'm not watching some terrible tv show well one you, of the things know. that
0: i was gonna say on top of that it doesn't I, I think the beautiful thing about what you were just saying is that it doesn't have to just be the star quarterback who's doing that it can be any any athlete i know you know for me when i was a kid we had as part of my little league team we had a we had a minor league baseball team in my town rochester new york and we had the rochester Red wings with the Red Wings, which were the AAA affiliate for the Orioles at that time, I think they're the twins now. And their catcher, like backup catcher, came and just hung out with us at practice and did stuff. And it was so cool just to be around this guy who exuded confidence and was just very down to earth. And it made all of us like just feel better about our days, even if we were having a crappy day.
2: Yeah, 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 I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right. It doesn't have to just be the star quarterback. It doesn't. I mean, I think a lot of people think that, and they think, well, we need, you know, we need Russell Wilson in on this and that'd be amazing if he was, and, you know, JJ Watt, of course, amazing. But the rest of us, I mean, again, I think we're built to be leaders, right? If you've, if you've participated at collegiate, you know, collegiate athletics at a high level, you're, you made it because you're a leader. And there's plenty of times, I mean, you can imagine, you know, you're down by a, touchdown, you got to score and there's only so much time left, right? You got to figure out a way to do it, right? You can't just sit there and go, we're not going to do it. It's like, we're going to do it. And here's how we're going to do it. Right. And you do that day after day. And you do that in practice.
1: You can use those skills in life to also help around, you know, get people moving. Scott, I love this. Maybe this is an idea. You are an IT guy. You can create a place. So for me, it was the, the football program always said, does anybody want to go to the children's hospital? Does anybody want to be a volunteer for this X, Y, Z? And people would raise their hands or they'd say, no, depending on what it was. Then I went to play. I went to play for the Philadelphia soul. Um, and they would always say, guys, we're going to go do a, a signing. We're going to go do this. Or we're going to go help here. Does anybody want to volunteer? I'd always raise my hand. These are structured things. The thing is like when you get out of being a, a like an actual paid athlete or a, you know, paid athlete in college is kind of the same thing. Is there an avenue for, for an ex-athlete? Like, how do you – can't just walk into the children's hospital and say, you know, I used to play football for the Badgers. Can I just kind of meet with some kids? Like, I, I, I guess I'm just putting this to you because you could probably create a platform where you, it's almost like you get hired to to go do something, but you don't get paid, and it's just like a volunteer. Yeah. I mean, then I'm sure on the back end, like, you need to do – some some background Compliance checks check and
0: works and things like yeah, that but, but yeah like, like structured volunteering is what you're talking about
1: yes only because like if if it's me and i'm in madison i know i can google it and search for it but there might be things that i'm missing or that you know something's missing you're right like uh, a, a kid's baseball game needs someone to serve lemonade like yeah if matt bernstein go do this and you just put it out on a platform saying does anybody want to volunteer for this i would love that You know, then it's also on my time. I could see when things are, you know, happening, but um, I don't know. I think that would be kind of really cool to, to, for somehow, because you're not structured anymore and you don't have, you know, the football team would drive you to these places and they would give you your jersey and they would do all these things, you know, I guess like, how do you transfer that into now times? So,
2: you know, Monte, Monte, and I talked about this too. And, you know, I think, You know, there's an opportunity to create a nonprofit that can um, do these things. Um, And I think it's important to also have a partnership with the W Club and with the university because, you know, I would love I mean, that was great. I remember going into the children's hospital. That was an absolutely extremely leveling experience for me. You know, I mean, we're sitting there worrying about our, you know, I didn't run so well at the big 10 meet, you know, and I'm like, oh man, it's the end of the world. And you walk in there and you see these little kids that are struggling and you're, that are hoping just to stay alive. Right. I mean, I just remember how much of a, I walked out of there going, wow, like, holy crap, do I sweat the little things. Right. And I would love to do that again. And I think it would be even a bigger impact for me. And I think of the process of, again, we talk back to the mental health thing, like, how healing is that when you're struggling with the little stuff and you walk in there and one of those kids smiles or you can make an impact in their life. I think you knew that they're coaching too, right? But I think you hit on something and maybe you and I can talk about it later and and I would love to hear your ideas, but I think that's amazing where you can just go to the, you know, you go to a website and see what's where the help is needed. Right. You just click a button and say, sign me up. Right. This is in New York. This is in Madison. This is in Texas. This well, it is doesn't New- have to be
1: global. I mean, it could be easy and just be in Madison. And, and yeah. you know, like I would be a part of, you know, you're basically joining. There's no fees. Like there's nothing yeah. you take yourself to the volunteer and you take yourself back. So I I don't think whatever, you know, this would not need like um, resources as much as maybe someone would think, but yeah, just, you know, like, yes, you can Google and yes, some things you see things when you walk by or you walk by your, you know, your, your church or your temple and you're like, oh, there's these volunteer options. Yeah, that's great. But there's gotta be so much more that we're, we're missing and I mean, how, you know, I, I for me, it would be just so fulfilling, like on a Saturday when I have nothing to do or a Sunday to just go and do something for an hour, do something for two hours. You know, and also, Scott, you bring up a good point, like as a 21 year old kid, you know, going into these places, I have I really the energy and the excitement and, and to be there and to, you know, you know, talk to kids. It's all good. I have no advice at 21. That was good advice. You know, now I'm 39, I might still be a jokester, but if you put me in front of a group of kids, I'm going to be a role model. So it's, so as, as an older person, I think I offer more, maybe not to a kid who's, you know, really struggling, but maybe to um, like a 15 year old who's like, dude, what am I going to do with my life? Like, hold on, I got this, you know? So I I think, I I mean, listen, I do think I could talk to kids. I feel like I, I have one. I love talking to her. She never talks back. It's the best thing in the world. (laughs) That's going to change soon. I
0: know. That's what I hear.
1: But but I feel like as an older person, I just have a lot more to offer other people than as a 20-year-old who kind of is like a football player who works out, who kind of goes to school. You know, like I haven't lived that much up until that point. So I I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool. Anyone could steal this idea. I think it's a good idea, but for everyone to use. Um, But Scott, I would, I mean, I'd love to talk to you more just about volunteering in, in, you know, like crazy legs. I'm sure the W club's involved in some way, right? Correct. Probably need volunteers for that. And probably hundreds of them. Correct.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think what you're really talking about is the wisdom, right? And, and I, and I I think this is where I've probably really grown, especially, you know, in the last two years is, understanding that if I'm talking to somebody who's 30 or 32, I can't expect that they're going to have the same life experiences in the forties. Right. And I think back to myself and how misguided I was and just, just actually bouncing off the walls. Not really, I didn't have a purpose. I was just, you know, trying to make it get, getting a job, get a raise, uh, those types of things. Whereas now I'm, I'm in, I'm transitioning to a time when I'm like, well, I just can really help people. Cause I've been through the ringer especially the last four years of my life, I can have discussions here on this podcast that I couldn't have when I was 40 years old, right, or 37 or 38. So I think what you're saying is important. And I do think you would, you have wisdom that you can share with, uh, with people, I think you would be really surprised when you start talking about things you've been through, and then people start sharing, then you really understand where people need help. And it's pretty common, you know, and so, um, yeah, I think, I think we should talk about this idea. We'll definitely take it offline and, and I'm always open to ideas. And if there's people that are listening to this podcast and are interested in getting involved in that, send me a message. I love it. Like, You know, I, I tell myself, I send two texts a day to people. And, you know, sometimes, and I don't know if you guys have had it, and maybe it's a synergy between you two, you might have this feeling in your heart that one of you is struggling or a friend or something. It's just this weird feeling you're walking around. You're like, either you're thinking about them, or you're thinking about sending them a text. They may text you, they may call you, or you send a text and like, oh man, I appreciate that message. It's like this frequency that we function at, right? And I really believe that we send, we that if you're functioning on a certain frequency, you get connected, right? And so I do that every day. I find two people that I just say, hey, how's it going? You know, or I look through my texts and go back. Go. It's been a month since I've talked to this person. In a, you know, a lot of people were go, oh, man, I just now. thanks for the message or, hey, you know, I've been struggling like things like that.
1: Right. No, I, yes, that's awesome. I mean, I, sometimes, you know, you, you kind of let life just like you're like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then you never do it. So I like that. I, I have in my calendar every Friday to text my closest friends because I love because during COVID I stopped because everything stopped basically. And you just stopped. You almost felt like even text messaging, you couldn't communicate with people. And that wasn't true, but it became like that mental you know, hurdle. <laughs> Can I see what I did there? That mental yeah. hurdle yeah. Um, <laughs> to get over. And, you know, it's still hard to do, even with a reminder that says at three o'clock on Friday, text seven people. And we have a group text, so I could just do it there, but it's still, it's still hard. I compl- I I get it. Um, what I love about this is just more of like, to me now, the W club seems like a place I can go. And Scott, you can help me like, you know, back off the ledge. And like, yeah. I, I like, I absolutely love that when, it, yeah. and, and also it broadens, you know, the, the scope of, of athletes to each other, which when I was there, you didn't have, and you didn't have when you left, you know, the, you mentioned um, heritage hall was only basically it was only for football players. Although I liked that, I am. It's nice to go in there and see all these people that I haven't seen, who played softball, basketball, every sport. You know, track. I have so many track friends. It's unbelievable. So it's nice to go in there. I definitely don't like to see fans of the other teams there.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I i I think that should be banned. I think it should be
1: banned. We need that's. I'm going to Nick and saying, listen. If you're
2: gonna do that you can't wear your stuff you can't come in as a wolverine thank you not come in as a gopher it's got to leave at the door and then we have like some sort of like even a jacket like i always think of i was watching rockford files the other day he was going to dinner he didn't have a jacket and didn't have a tie he had to put the tie on and the jacket so we invoke this rule that you need to put on badger apparel you cannot bring your stuff in and just be quiet
1: right Okay. Yeah, I, I I completely. I told Matt before you even jumped on. I was like, the one thing that really annoys me is that you could walk in, wait online for who knows how long because there's a capacity limit. Yeah, right. and you could wait online, and if you walk, you could wait for an hour. I've waited with Owen Daniels, who won a freaking Super Bowl, and we waited for like 35, 40 minutes, and yeah. I'm like, this is wrong. When he won the Super Bowl, he should just cut everybody. But uh, you know, and and I, you know, this is a long time ago. I'm like, oh, and I'm a football player. Like, what am I waiting in line for? You know, like I'm still kind of an ass sometimes. I'm I'm working on it. And you know, you walk in and there's three Iowa fans just standing there drinking a beer. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I want to fight one of these people. And yeah. Michelle's like, Don't be mad. You know, and I'm like, Michelle, what, you know, Michelle used to work there? I'm like, yeah, why are these people? And they're like, that's the policy. And I'm like, oh. OK, I get the policy, but I hate it at the same yeah. time. We, we should talk. Also, it's it's a liability for people trying to fight that. Yes, but that's that's I always try to throw in some kind of ridiculous liability. Well, <laughs> I think we should I, we should
2: bring this up with Nick and I'm in full support. And I'll add this as one of my things to get on the board <laughs> as a discussion for the next executive. Board, we we got I'll just tell him I go, Nick, I've been getting a lot of complaints from W Club people and letter winners that there's other athlete or the, you know, Hey, you can bring in three, but they're three Badger fans. You can't bring in someone from an, especially another big 10 team. Like I could see if it's like Florida state or
1: something. That's not as, but when you're or working if it's your for, wife, who went to Michigan or yeah. I, wherever they went, I mean, I can understand that and maybe their parents. So now I can see it, but you know, make
0: them wear neutral colors. Make no, them no, wear no, neutral no, 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 no. Make Just them straight, wear Badger. the
1: red and white overalls. Yeah. Okay. That's, Oh, Ooh. that's fine with me. I've got. I've got an extra pair in my closet. Yeah. So Ooh, that would be amazing, Scott. Maybe this is why they're like, we shouldn't have Bernie on board. Some <laughs> of these things we don't really need to talk about.
2: Well, I mean, I think if you're thinking it, there's probably other football players that feel the same. Especially, I'm sure if-
1: there's other people who are thinking who are thinking about it. But yeah, you know, you you just got to figure out the capacity is what, like 200 people, 250.
2: I think it's like 250 or 300. Yeah, I'm not Let's sure. Let's say I'm,
1: 300 is the high. It's not, I think it's right under that. 300 people, and you had 10,000 athletes. Yeah, for, you have 10,000 or 11,000
2: letter winners. And you can, so that would essentially mean 100 get in with three of their friends,
1: right? Right. No, two of their friends. Two, two right. Yeah. Or, which is, right. So yeah. it's hard to get in. You just got to know the timing. You know, right. go right before halftime, go up, talk to Bob at the bar. Yep. Get like three drinks and three shots, and then just get out of the way. Yeah, and, and the thing that's for me is
2: usually when I get in there, I rarely ever go back out because I start talking. I have a couple cocktails. I might get something to eat, and before you know it, we're having a conversation like this. Yeah, and you're like, ah, I don't.
1: I'm it, gonna, that's you know, actually I'm gonna... the downside of it is that you don't watch the game. You just reminisce with your friends, right. which right. is kind of like a it's a good give and take. Wait, it's got one more question for you. Yeah. As we talk about, you can drink in this one place at the bar yeah. at Heritage Hall. What do you think do you think alcohol is potentially going to be sold at the stadium? or and and what do you think timing wise? I say it should never be sold at the stadium. And what would but be I want to buy it? What would be the reason for that? That's a good question. I think people come tuned up right off the bat. I think it's, a, it's, it's football, which is a little bit more of an aggressive sport. So you never know what could happen in the stands. Although people are so drunk going into the game. So I don't know, maybe. But you go in drunk and you keep drinking and then you drink more when you leave. And I don't know. I, I, there's no break in it. Like you're there for football. You're there for a football game. You're not there to get drunk. You could do that at any bar. Yeah. But I think the on the flip side, if people are going to be responsible to a point, you lose a lot of money. Yeah. And that's money that can support other programs like track and growing golf or, all the things or, or
2: positions in the UW police department or or, uh, you know, other things that are associated with, you know, so I, it'll be interesting getting a new chancellor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, people are I look at it this way and this is one thing I've always thought in my head. Are they out in the parking lot just over serving themselves because they know once they get in the game, they can't have a drink um you know are we naive enough to say that the student section is not in the parking lot doing the same thing and that's why they don't show up i mean obviously i think that's probably the biggest danger point is how do you please that student section in underage drinking um, because i think most of the people who are there watching the game who are adults are going to drink before the game and they're going to drink after mm-hmm. if they have one or two at the game is it really going to be a problem but then you really turn into you know the collegiates and what they're doing. And, and I don't know enough to understand that. I'm sure there's a lot of really smart people who have the statistics and they can look at that. But I mean, other Big Ten schools are doing it. So I would think they could reach out and look at that and look at are more people getting arrested? Is there more alcoholism with, um, you know, again, the collegiates versus the the, the standard people? So I just don't know. I mean, obviously there's a lot of money being lost, but does that translate into a better football game experience for everybody? And does it create more problems? And I just, I don't even have
1: statistics to be able to even look at that. I don't either. I, it was just a question. I it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, what you could do is it's, as you arrest these students, the worst thing to do would be like, make them show up the next day and clean the stadium. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be an awesome amazing.
2: That's your penalty either. You're going to get a $600 fine or you show up the next day and you clean the
1: stadium. And you get the early. Conference. Show up
0: early and clean the stadium yeah, before
1: the game. No, yeah. I mean, but think about how that's a harsh punishment to in my eyes.
2: Or you could lose your ticket. I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, there's always a discussion of how do you handle them showing up late? And you could say, "Hey, you show up and behave and this is going to be an amazing experience, but if you're if you show up and you can't handle participating in this because of liquor or whatever else it is, you just lose your ticket. You know, you I, just,
1: I just find it will be impossible to police because I, w- I went to Maryland a couple years ago and you could drink there, and so it's really nice as someone who's not tailgating like at Madison. So go and grab some beer. But how do you? How do you stay? To I actually saw Diamond Stone there, which is very interesting. Yeah. But how do you tell a kid who's six eleven? That he can't drink he could you know you don't know you're checking ids how much are people checking ids ever anywhere well how so I don't know. I, I'm when you went there the how did
2: it work when you were there how did it work did it work well did you feel like it was a good experience was it was i thought it
1: was fine but okay. i you know i yeah i thought it was fine i didn't you know like a lot of the students would like pool they had a bigger concourse like an outdoor concourse so they would oh, pull nice. out and kind of just hang out like at Minnesota,
2: have you been in Minnesota? I have not been
1: there yet, yeah. I would a assume
2: Huge like general area. Yeah, they have a yeah. huge, I think the thing with Camp Randall is you've got these small hallway type areas because of, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they're, I'm sure they're going to have discussions, right? I'm sure they're talking about it now, and I'm sure they were talking about it for the last 10 years and right. I'm not privy to that information, but I'm sure it's complicated, right? Because if it was simple,
1: it We'd would be just be talking happen. at games, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I, yeah. Yeah. Totally I don't know. No.
0: I don't know. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients that support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. and That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/slash believe. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Um well, listen, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this is so enlightening. Um, you know inspiring. Yeah, even if you're not a W club, let's say member, take some of these lessons to heart. I mean, you know, be open have the conversations that are hard, you know, don't, I call my wife crazy and she loses it. So I'm learning to really control, you know, that using that word, just as like, um, Oh, look at that. That person's crazy. Like it's not okay I- anymore. Cause it hurts. Listen, man, I, you know what? Back when I was 18, I could care less about people's feelings. You know, I yeah. played football. I was like, I'm gonna kill you. That's it. Now I'm like, man, I really care about other people's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, well, first of all, I want to say thank you
2: for letting me be on here and, and thank you for letting me talk about things I'm passionate about. I know this is supposed to be a football, UW athletics specific, but I, I feel like it's important. I think I think it's really, um, hopefully some of the things we talked about are impact people and to make them think. I think he used a really, you know, before we go, I think he used a really important word, care, right? And I, I think there's so much value in caring about another human being. Right. And, and, and we've gone through some really tough times. And I think it's really easy to just get dragged in the weeds when someone's not only mean to you or does something that hurts you, but to just take a breath and go. This other, this person's another human being. Right. And I'm not going to get dragged into this battle. I'm going to be I'm going to show caring and I'm going to be kind. And no matter what I do, I'm going to I'm going to lead with that. Right. And, and, and even if I'm wrong or if that person's wrong, we don't need to win a battle. We can just help each other. Let's just treat each other with respect, even though we don't agree with what we're doing. And it's okay to hold somebody accountable and say, I don't like what you're doing, right? You're not, you're just not acting in the way that matches with my core values, either get in line or we don't have a, you know, we're going to be in conflict. And so I think that's great that you're paying attention to those things. I was the same way when I was younger. I didn't even think about that. Right. And so the fact that you're thinking about those things is really important. tells me you are well on your way down the road of, of being an amazing human being,
1: so you I know, personally- thank you, Scott. I was a caveman, and now I'm trying to evolve into who knows what. I become a beautiful flower. Um, but I, I, I would say just to, to to piggyback the importance of the of your mental and people's just emotions and and the way they feel like you people can do so much to make one person feel good. And, and you, you mentioned that as just a text, but it can really be like, Hey man, I really liked what you said. Or, Hey, you know, your hair looks great. You know, I, I stay away from like, I think in this day and age, you still have to be careful about a lot of things, but I, you yeah. know, like yeah, I like your shoes, like you, they're cool. So, you know, it's, it's so easy to give a compliment. And I think people are like, I give compliment compliments to strangers all the time. That's one of my favorite things to do. Cause yeah. They don't expect it. No one expects it. You just do it and people are nice. And I also think now this will be a bigger conversation, but I've been doing it my whole life. It just happens. Like, I'm just nice to everyone. That's why I think my experience at Wisconsin was so special. I have yeah. friends from all over the country. I never said like, oh, these Cali people, like, oh, East, West, even though that's ridiculous. You know, I never had any, um, what was the connotations about people before I went and saw somebody. I love giving people dude. somebody, the pizza guy drove by my house, He slings pizza all day. Right. That's his, that's he's 19. This dude has a BMW, a car I've never seen in my entire life. Pulls up, he gets out of the car. I was like, dude, that is a beautiful car, man. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I love it. He's like, I, I, I do pizza all day. It's all I did. He's like, this is the only time I have fun. I'm like, man, well, you're doing it. Cause this thing is gorgeous to me. You know, <laughs> well, he's like, yo, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, man. Anytime. So I think there's so much value in that. And, and I'm not saying everyone go out and just be fake, but, but if someone does something nice, say thank you. Or if someone does something that you are like, wow, go say that's great. I don't
2: yeah. Know. No reason to throw the shade, hand out the sunshine, be genuine. Like and you know, when things get tough, when things get tough, don't let your emotions take over, like take that deep breath and understand that something else is going on and it's not necessarily related to you. And so just try and be above it. And when things get really nasty, don't get dragged in the nasty. Just like you said, say things that are kind to people and give people compliments. And you'd be surprised at how long, how far that goes, especially on a first impression. No one will forget
1: that. You know, it's got, I know we're going over, but it's so funny because now you are such a, like a, a motivational speaker to me. And like, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, um, I'm self uh self I'm like self-thinking about like my actions. But mm-hmm. I will go to my wife and I will say, listen, honey, I'm tired and I'm annoyed from work and your questions are really bothering me. Do you want an answer or not? Because I really don't want to tell, I don't want to tell you what the answer you're gonna get. And she's like, Why are you mad at me? And I'm like, I just told you I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at these other things. But it's yeah. really funny to to be self-aware of like where all these external things are coming from as a kid, you just kind of put that into your body and then you explode on something. Right. And it's not always the the positive, you know, to for, we had the weight room, we had practice. It's easy to, to, to be able to kind of have that out outlet, but yeah, you know, you don't want to fight someone at a bar or do something stupid that, you know, you're in the, in the news, like you don't want any of that stuff.
2: No. And you can only really control your own actions, right? I mean right. you control the way you communicate with other people. If they choose to not communicate back in kind, that's on them.
1: Right? Yeah. I do take I do say on the phone or like on a Zoom, I'm like, let me think about that for a second. Because if I immediately tell you something, it's gonna be wrong and it's gonna come out wrong. And it's I I'll read emails and be like, how did they say this? Are they mad? Are they yeah. happy? You know, I could go I reread emails like 40 times. Oh, also, yeah. cause I, sometimes I can't understand it cause it's like a text message. So, so Scott, I appreciate you because you're making me like, think about all these things like that I do throughout a day. And I'm like, man, I got to do way more of this. I gotta, I gotta yeah. do a lot more. And <laughs> that's all,
2: and, and all I'm saying is that having those connections and having the conversations we're having back and forth is what it's about. And I think we can just learn from each other. And I just, I think it's great that, that you feel that way. And and you know yeah i think this is great i loved it i mean i was i'd love to come back and talk about more stuff i mean it's just You're done
1: i was actually yeah, just I'm, about to say we should do a track we should do one outside of football well we could do more but it would be fun to do track yeah because matt yeah, that, perkins is so enthused about it
2: and i'm so excited that perkins has got the skills and was a thrower and that we could chop i mean he and i are gonna have to connect next time he's in madison and
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. For My sure. dad is a USATF official, so Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: That it is- just it just stinks for Matt because Joe Thomas was there, who we all know Joe. Yeah, and yeah. then and then the strongest man I think almost ever at Wisconsin, Chris Presley shows up. Amazing. I mean it, it, it's funny cuz it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not those two guys, you're going to get cut no matter what. Well, like, on, you on top of the that, I was
0: I was a like ha- I was first and foremost a hammer thrower and that's such a niche event that yeah. you know it, it's it's not like I and I struggled I don't have very big hands and I struggled going up to the bigger discus in college and so yeah. like shot put I was fine but I could not deal with the discus my hands were not big enough and so like and I never really got to showcase my my, my hammer skills so it's okay I played rugby rugby was amazing for me yeah. And it opened a lot of doors for me. Even though it's not a varsity sport, it's extraordinarily competitive. If you've ever gone, uh, I would recommend I anyone who's listening, if you're in Madison oh, yeah. uh, this spring, go watch. Uh, go watch the UW rugby team. They're playing Minnesota. Uh, I think on uh, I want to say they're, they're playing on Saturday, the twenty sixth. I think they're having an exhibition match against Minnesota that'll be really fun. So um, you know, I always support UW rugby.
2: For sure, and and again, this is what we, you know, this is the same thing. That door closed for you, right? Yep. You probably thought it was the end of the world.
0: Yep. I was about to transfer away. I wanted to transfer to Wisconsin. I was like, I'm transferring back to the Northeast. I'm gonna go to a D3 school to do track, and I toughed it out and ended up trying rugby and played rugby for ten years and got to travel all over the world because of it.
2: Yep. That other door opened, and now we're sitting here and we're talking podcasts and you're. Your journey is continuing. And yep. so, yes. Yeah. you And you, you stuck with it, which is great. I mean, I think that's the whole other thing. Like you just keep sticking with it and keep moving through stuff. And you know, it always works out. It doesn't it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your intentions are well, and you're open minded you got an open heart, it's going to work out. You just got to stick with it and keep yeah. trying to figure
0: it out. Right. And put in the effort. It's not just going to happen put in magically.
2: The effort. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Like this whole internal locus of control, external locus of control, like are other people designing where I go in life or am I deciding? Right. And I think that's important to go. I decide it is my choice. I get to pick what I do. I get to pick where I live, where I wake up, how hard I try. I get to eventually pick my job. And so I think that's such an important lesson. Again, athletics, you learn that, right? You got to pick your own path. You have, you always have a choice. It might not always be the best choice, but you get to pick one of those paths which then leads to something amazing.
0: That's a perfect place to end it. Um, Scott, where can people find out more about the W Club and the other projects you guys are doing?
2: Yeah, you can just search. um, uh, You can go to the Wisconsin Athletics website. There's a W Club area, which I'm trying to get a little bit more information. Forward 360, um, you can follow that on Instagram. Some of my stuff is on there and other things that we're doing um like i said you can find me on instagram and follow myself i try and do a couple videos a week and talk about things and if i go to w club events i throw that on there that type of stuff so um yeah i think that's the best way to stay involved
0: awesome wonderful listen scott we cannot thank you enough for spending you know more than an hour of your time with us this was insightful and inspiring and we will definitely be uh, all reconvening in Madison together this fall.
2: Yes, I would love that. I'd love nothing more. And and um, I'll shoot you guys my um, cell phone number, and you can just text me or call me or email me or do what you got to do, and we'll get together. Awesome. So I have one
1: more question for you. Yeah. You're a cross-country guy. What's, what's your best mile time?
2: <sighs> you know, that's always the litmus test for everything, isn't it?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know anything. We, yeah, you- <laughs>
2: so... so um, I didn't run the mile that much, so let's you know, I ran the 1500, which will convert. So I ran a 352 point, which converts to about a 410 mile, which, oh. I, think, which I think a lot of people is amazing, think is amazing. But I just looked at indoors, there were, I think, 75 men at the NCAA that broke a four minute mile.
1: Scott, we're, we're not talking about those guys, okay. we're talking I about just you. wanted to be
2: clear so that I love the fact that you're giving me credit. <laughs> But I just want everybody <laughs> to understand that it's not as good as what's currently going on. Listen,
1: nothing will ever be as good as what's currently going on. We're 20 yes. years out of the sport. Okay, fair court, enough. Court. Fair enough. So let's say
2: 410.
1: Oh, take my that. God, a 410 mile. Dude, my best ever, if I could even think of it, would probably be like somewhere in the sixes. And that's like pushing. That's pretty good for a
2: big man. That's that's a solid, I Appreciate it. really solid. We could go to the track and I could time you. So when you guys are in town, we could have a Perkins versus Bernie it could be a quarter, a four hundred. It could be we could do multi,
0: like a. I wouldn't even model. ride my bike and do it. The open four <laughs> is not fun. The open four yeah. is not fun. What's I, the
1: one where you sprint a lap, chug a beer, and do that four times? The beer mile. I would do the mile. beer mile with you. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, let's do a, I would much rather do a beer mile let's than a, an actual <laughs> mile. So let's do See, it. now.
1: This is a volunteering opportunity. We just came up with. Everyone has to pay a hundred bucks, and it's going to charity. There you go. Perfect. Love it.
0: Absolutely love it. it. And, and you and, have to bring your own beer.
2: <laughs> you do have to bring your own beer. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I mean,
0: duh. it's fine. As long as it's spotted cow, we're in we're in a good place. So you really uh, to beer. run around with spotted cow? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want. Actually, I don't know if I want, I want to enjoy the spotted cow. So I'll I'll stick with a PBR or something.
1: So. Yeah. Oh so my crappy, god, you, dude, Matt Perkins, we are not teammates in this at all. Why? All right. What
0: What are you having?
1: Coors Lights. I'm trying not to throw <laughs> up. Listen, bowling. the problem is it's still a competition. I'm trying to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And the bullets go down a little bit easier. They do. They they
1: are like water. They are
0: like water. That TBR does not go down like a course life. It's fine. Listen, when I when when I was we used to go, what was the, what was that liquor store on the corner of university and, um, Riley's? Yeah. So at Riley's they used to have, I don't know if you remember this. It was just called, it was a case of beer, just called beer 30. It was a purple box and it just said beer with a clock with the hand pointing to 30 minutes. Just called beer 30, $7.99 for a 30 rack.
2: How did that feel the next day?
0: I usually don't remember. So, probably (laughs) not good. It would probably feel (laughs) awful if you did that now. Yeah, no, I would, uh, you know, I I would just go to Mickey's in the morning and soak it all up with scrambler. Just hit a
1: scrambler, it'll soak it all up.
0: Yep. Scrambler (laughs) and a milkshake.
1: Oh, my God. Sadly, uh, three beers, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be a hard next day. Yep. Yeah, it's true. We're old. You know, we're old. All right, we're on that old. note.
0: <laughs> yeah. On that note, uh, we'll be back with you guys soon. And until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin.